This is Breakaway, a women's soccer podcast covering industry events, emerging teams, and the latest on league developments. Welcome your co-hosts, Megan and Chase. Welcome to Breakaway, a women's soccer podcast. (laughs) I'm Megan. And I'm Chase. And we are here after the end of the FIFA Women's World Cup. And I got a lot of things to discuss tonight. So I hope you're ready to go along for the ride, Chase, and our listeners. Oh, I'm so ready. I'll let you start off, though, with a little icebreaker. Icebreaker. Oh, Oh, gosh. Okay. Um, Wow. I was supposed to think of one, wasn't I? Um. I can kind of think one if you want. Okay. Mm, mm, mm. Give me like five seconds. Oh, okay. I'm ready. Okay, go. Are you excited for the pumpkin size lattes or are you someone who thinks that they are basic like me and doesn't actually care about them whatsoever? Wow. I wonder how you started thinking about pumpkin size stuff. <laughs> right? Um, I don't drink coffee. I feel like that's a... A very hot take, but I don't drink any coffee or espresso because it makes me sick. So, um. no, I get that. I also don't drink. <laughs> I don't drink drink coffee unless I'm at the office because it's free there. And if it must it's be free, nice, I will consume it. I don't get free coffee. We just have caribou in our building. Oof. Well, that's. I eat caribou, so it's kind of nice. <laughs> so I will never <laughs> buy it. Um, so good answer. You don't care about pumpkin spice lattes. I don't care about pumpkin spice lattes. I don't understand the hype, y'all. Someone fill me in on what makes this stuff so exciting. I did try one a long time ago, and I was just like, I don't, I don't get it. I still don't understand. I do kind of want to try a chai latte at Starbucks, though, with the pumpkin cream on top, because I feel like that could maybe be good. Possibly. But- I don't know. I just don't like pumpkin that much in general, so I guess that makes sense why I don't like pumpkin slice lattes but my mom makes these pumpkin cookies for thanksgiving though that are so good really oh yes you'll have to try them yes 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 um anyways okay we'll jump right in here um before we cover world cup i just wanted to mention this the and this is because i'm an arsenal fan but arsenal came out with their third kit have you seen their promo video for it no okay i'm gonna have to send it to you um i honestly probably sent it to you on tiktok and you didn't see it that sounds about right. <laughs> um, but it it's impeccable. The third kit is so pretty too, but they did it in this like the video is like a Parisian style advertisement. At the end, it's like Europe looking good, and they're in like the third kit for Arsenal, and they end with Leah Williamson, who is the captain of the women's team, um, which I found really cool. And last year they like sold out the Emirates for a few games and just seeing the growth over there is really incredible. And to see them basically like at the forefront of that, of that trailer was really cool. Um, Obviously it had probably more men than women, but you know what? At least a woman is there. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. (laughs) Here, I promise after we're done recording, I will actually watch the TikToks that you've sent me. I think I, I think I have quite a few (laughs) that you sent me. So, okay. um, okay, but we can hop right in. I have literally so many thoughts, and I probably won't get to all of them. So maybe, maybe I start making little TikToks after this that I when I have some thoughts to my head because I'm I feel like I have so many. So, World Cup final was this past Sunday at five a.m. But I slept in, and I didn't look at my phone. I was like, okay, well, first I was up the night before, way too late. 
and like I couldn't sleep at my friend's house so then I like came home at 6 a.m and like slept from 6 to 10 it was horrible so I needed sleep okay so I was like I'm gonna sleep I will watch the recording right when I wake up and I will literally not look at my phone I literally didn't look at my phone it was the hardest thing ever but it was really cool kind of nice well, I also did not watch it live. I was in California, so it was being broadcasted at 3 a.m. And I was in the Los Angeles area where <laughs> there was a beautiful hurricane that came through. The first hurricane in like 80-some years. And of course, it hit the weekend that I planned my trip to California. There was also an earthquake that happened too. So I feel like I can check off so many boxes of like natural disasters or storms that I've experienced. We got tornadoes, blizzards, flash floods, and now I can say hurricane and an earthquake. I um I, that earthquake too wasn't like that small. I've been in like a three point seven magnitude earthquake in Maryland, and it was scary because I just wasn't expecting it. <laughs> yeah, this one is a five point six. I was like, oh, that's not small. Hello, <laughs> no, kind of weird. Yeah, uh. but um, so I was just trying to uh survive. I was like, oh well, once once everything is. <laughs> Once everything's in the clear, I'll watch this replay. But I did watch it. It was a really good game. Yeah. So do you want to give a little summary of the game on your end? Yeah. So very low scoring game. It was one to zero. And Spain scored their, their goal pretty early. It was like in the 28th or 29th minute, something like that. It was a beautiful goal. But yeah, I was impressed with how well Spain was able to defend themselves for the rest of the match because there were some pretty close calls throughout the rest of the match. England was really applying the pressure onto Spain. Spain had to really fight to keep their lead. Also, there was a penalty kick near the end of the match that Spain missed which blew my mind. I was like, that that would really strike at my confidence a little bit. And the goalkeeper was super, I mean, goalkeeper was obviously super pumped because she blocked a goal, but not to take away from the goalkeeper's amazing skill for blocking that goal. It was a really crappy PK. It was very, very predictable. Although I have my doubts about that whole play. It felt like the goalkeeper jumped off of her line before the ball was kicked which should have had them replay or redo the, the B tape. Yeah. I guess that didn't happen. But, you know, what do I yeah. Mary Earps looked really good in that game, the goalkeeper for England, and I think, like... She did. She looked really, really well. She looked well, and, and England came out looking okay in the first half, and then the second... I mean, they still, like, fought. Like, I don't think they necessarily played bad, but I've, I've listened to a lot of people's opinions and, and views on the World Cup, and... With England, it just felt like, yeah, they were giving good performances, but they were never really that great. No one was, like, knocking out left and right. I mean, they had the red guard with Lauren James that I think kind of set them back a little bit and what would have happened if Lauren James was in those last two uh, games before the final. But I was listening to Tobin Heath's and Kristen Press's recap show this morning from the final, and they talked about how England changed their formation in the second half of the game. So they were playing a 3 Five. Oh my gosh, I always do this. And I like in my head, I'm like, you you know it, you know it. I don't. I always start to mess up. It was like three, five, two. Is that normal? Yep, that's normal. Okay. Well, not nor- normal ish. So it adds they up were to playing 10 a- players on the field, not including the goalkeepers. So yes. Okay, good. Great. So yeah, three, five, two was what they were playing um, to start the game. And then they moved into a four, three, three. And I think Tobin and Kristen Press were talking about how. It kind of showed like panic in a way of like they want to switch. I don't know. They, it's, I'm not regurgitating this well, but it was more like 
you weren't confident in how you were playing, so now you need to adapt and be more defensive, even though you're losing. And you should have been more creative towards the end to get the points instead of, like, off the bat and then pull back. And I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, no, that is interesting. I will say, to Spain's credit, some of the best passing I have ever seen. It was incredible. Like, I don't... I think that's what I was most in awe about, was their ability to pass super quickly. They had great one-touch passes. Their team just moved so well together in so many instances. I was just like mind blown. Yeah. I, like, how, I don't know how do they do that. They they it was so good. Their passes were so good. Spain really stepped up. And what's even more impressive is the fact that they are coming into this world well, they came into this World Cup with all of these issues with their federation and their coach. As I've said in past episodes, I didn't think they're gonna make it very far at all. I thought they came in with like there there's just too many factors forced against them to make them even make it out of like the, the knockout stages and they freaking won the whole thing. So call um, me impressed. J- Japan beat them like four or five to zero. Yeah, which is crazy. So just... Yeah, it was an interesting World Cup too when you look at it like this was the most ever teams they've ever had. So 32 compared mm-hmm. to 24. Yeah, When you look at it that way too, um, it, yeah, it's incredible what they did. I think England looked really good i was quite sad that i didn't really know who to root for honestly i was really torn on who i wanted to win and um yeah i know i with them going in with all the issues that they had i feel like i mentioned it you know before the world cup those teams that did have some adversity like canada france and and spain sometimes that can really propel you forward and i wonder you know, they got to a point where they're like, okay, this is like the cards we were dealt. I'm going to make the most of it, like the players. Yeah. And they had something to fight for. And not to mention they, you know, have probably one of the best players in the entire world on their team. Alexia Putella is one of the best midfielders in the world and Ballon d'Or winner. So, I, I mean, they had that going for them too. And I think I've heard a lot of people speak too about how well club level women's soccer is doing and how that's helped um, establish some more rigorous teams including Spain and I think England it kind of it's easy for us to see that connection but um, within Spain with Real Madrid and Barcelona teams doing well and then also like I heard Jamaica's captain speak on Tobin and Kristen Press's podcast too about how like they are doing better at a club level which has brought up the standard of play in their level of the national team and so how can that I think I don't know I think it was very evident in the World Cup that we saw like club is doing well so now these nations are doing better but it's like how can these federations which i'm sure me and you will i mean we can do deep dives onto these federations now in these coming months once the world cup news has stopped here like what are these federations going to do now it cannot only be club and how in america it's very much our national team did really well so now let's pour into clubs like the nwsl whereas in these other countries it seems to be the opposite of you know these women's leagues are doing really well which has brought up play at the national team but they're still not getting what they deserve aka spain is a great example of that yeah no you bring up some really good points i will say i saw i can't i can't find the post anymore but i did see a few days ago how the australia women's soccer programs after this world cup is receiving a crap ton of money which is awesome to see that that sport is going to grow so fast over there and it's so exciting i was like it's it's great after the world cup uh 
you know, I feel like one of the missions of this World Cup was to bring more awareness to women's soccer and to really prove the point that women's soccer is just as awesome as men's soccer and that after this World Cup, you would see a lot of resources pool into these different uh, sports uh, centers across the world. And you're seeing that with Australia. And now I'm super excited to see just how fast soccer grows over there now. And I'm curious to see what other countries are going to, you know, increase their funding towards women's soccer and to really grow the sport there. I think the next decade is going to be super fascinating to watch from a growth perspective. I think this World Cup did do a good job of that. They also have a, what I was going to say earlier, or when we, (laughs) when we crossed over there, the Matildas have a uh, docu-series on Disney Plus and I really want to watch it. And I yeah. like fell in love with Sam Kerr. I just I love her and I loved the way she the way she carries herself and leads the team and um I'm gonna I'm becoming a Sam Kerr fan club. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, she's awesome. Love her. Okay, back to Spain. We just have so much to cover, so I think we should move on. Yep. No. Good job. Keep us on track, Megan. <laughs> because I thought about how every week we rat on Infantino and he deserves some airtime today. So let's not forget about him um, because he's dumb. Anyway, so Spain's <laughs> team, um, as we know, with Jorge Villa, Vilda, the coach, there was issues with him before. I found it really intriguing when I was watching just to watch what the women did when they won and um, how they, like, none of them ran to the coach. There's, like, I saw this TikTok and it was, like, the best photo of the World Cup. And they zoom in, and a girl's hand is like right from his face. So you can't, even, you can't even see the coach. And I was like, you know what? That is the best photo of the World Cup. That's exactly what we needed. Because I did. I don't know how you felt, but I felt really torn because I was like, I don't, I don't want him to do well, but I also don't like. I don't want the players to not do well. It was like this weird. I don't know who to root for. I don't want to like. Empathize with something that's not good. No, that's totally fair. It's you when you when you see a a team like Spain win, you really hope that the celebration goes towards the players and not their piece of crap coach who has just done nothing but drag this team through the walk through the mud. Like he clearly shows no respect for this team, and I don't want him to take any of this credit. Yeah, I I still don't really know how to feel, but I'm very happy for the women, and that's where I can stay. Heck yeah. No, they they deserve the women on that team deserve all the all the glory. And it was really cool. After the game, you saw all of the England players clapping for the Spanish team, which just really warmed my heart. Yes. Okay, so then what happened after the game? A lot of stuff went down. <laughs> I was gonna say, where should I start? I do wanna talk about the president of the Spanish Football Federation's decision to kiss a player on the mouth. Yeah, that was crazy. I, After things calmed down in Los Angeles and I actually had service again on my phone, I gave my mom a call and we talked about the World Cup and the very first thing she brought up was asking if I saw what happened. So in case for, for those who haven't heard or didn't come across of it, after I think it was during the trophy ceremony, right, or like right after it, or something. Award ceremony during. Award ceremony. Well, yeah. During the award ceremony, the president of their organization hugged every single player except one player. 
he came up to Jenny Hermoso and kissed her right on the mouth in front of cameras, very unexpectedly. Didn't do that with any other player. Yeah. Uh, raised a lot of questions because um, clearly that, from the surface, that seems very inappropriate. <laughs> well, and I think like a lot of, because I've talked about it with people and they're like, well, is that a Spanish custom? And it's like, that's not the, the, the deal is, is that this girl was halfway through the lineup no one else did you do that to. So you chose her to do it to. You grabbed the side of her head and then kissed her on the lips after you were kissing girls on their cheeks or their foreheads before her. And now you're going to kiss her on the lips? That's weird. And it was only one girl he did it to. And then after she made comments about how like, yeah, that was uncomfortable. And it's like, it just sucks that we've come so far in some ways and then this has to happen at the award ceremony. Right, like it's so messed up. Like, did did he has he spoken about it at all? Oh yeah, he at first he kind of brushed it off, but then he decided he was like, "I apologize, I understand," and I was like, "Huh, bullshit." Um, Megan Rapino did say, "What kind of upside down world are we in? On the biggest stage where you should be celebrating, Jenny has to be physically assaulted by this guy." That was her response to what happened with him. For real though, obviously no consent there. <laughs> Totally threw her off. She said how uncomfortable made her feel. It's stupid because now that's going to take away a lot of a focus on this team winning. And I'm sure that definitely spoiled her moment. Like she and her team won the World Cup. And then this man just comes in and just takes the experience away, makes it his own. And then just to keep us on track, I just keep thinking of more things I want to talk about, which we won't be able to talk about everything. But Olga Carmona, who scored the winning goal for Spain, found mm-hmm. out that her father passed away um, before the game, but she f- found out after the game. Um, so our condolences go out to her. Very sad story. It really shows like you can be at the top of the world and, you know, life hits you whenever it wants to, really. Um, mm-hmm. So hearts go out to her. Have they announced how her father passed away? I haven't seen it anywhere, no. That makes sense. They're probably wanting some privacy around that. Yeah. But she's been celebrating with the team because she knows that that's like, her dad really wanted this for her, and so um, she's been celebrating with them, which is pretty cool. Okay, Infantino, did you? I feel like we need a segment in every <laughs> every podcast where we just rat on Infantino. All right, do like a little salad beforehand of a little rat. Yep. <laughs> um, next season. Next season. Did you hear about his speech? You might not have. I don't think it's not as widespread, but. He made this speech about women in in FIFA and he was talking about equality and he was like, you, I feel like I need to find like the actual words because it is outrageous um, what he said. He said a comment about how women just need to tell us what's going on and then like where we need equality and then it will happen. I can't. It's so bad. Let me see here. Wait one second. He also said a comment. He said a comment about how the doors are always open at FIFA and that women just has to walk through or push through them. Which is an oxymoron because if the windows or doors were freaking open, we would just walk through them, you dumb butt. I was about to say, maybe you should stop holding them shut. Oh my gosh. It's it was so bad. And oh, oh here, I found this article. He said that um, women have to pick the right battles and they have the power to change the narrative on equality. 
and that they need to walk through doors because they are open or push through doors and that they are like there was so much wrong with his speech i sat i was watching it like i actually watched a clip and i was like you've got to be kidding me this dude is so stupid who's writing your speech too like is he creating that himself probably not it just reflects like the eternal conflict that's probably going on in fifa organization right now like it's True. We have to remember, like, what there's, I mean, besides the speech, but, like, all the crap that they have been spewing about, all the investment that they're putting into women's soccer, how much they support it, it's kind of just bullshit. And this is proving it. Like, he's basically just saying, like, he's he's kind of gaslighting them. Yeah. It's ugly. No. Nope. First, the man leaves in the middle of the World Cup, and then he says that at, his, at the speech. That's, um... I know. Do you think we'll ever see a woman in charge of FIFA in our lifetime? I was just thinking that. Oh, I really hope so. I hope so too. Speaking of that, okay, this is my last my last closing thoughts. Um, so the coach of England, there was a comment thrown around that she should move to the men's team. Really? And okay, and I found this so interesting. There was a TikTok that was like, "Why should we be doing that? Like, keep talent and women, whatever." And I was like, I really appreciate a man speaking out saying like this isn't needed like where she's at is like she's excelling that's so cool that you would speak out but this wouldn't be a conversation if she was getting paid the same as the england's men coach men's coach so to put this into perspective um i heard this on tobin and kristen francis podcast you need to listen to it oh wait, i gotta listen it was so good the men's english coach was paid five million dollars in 2023 i think his salary and the women's coach was Four hundred thousand. Even though she won the Euros for them, she got him farther in the World Cup, but she's still going to be paid way less than the men's coach. Wow, that's like what twelve and a half times more on the men's side. But I also like I look and I think about if I saw a woman coaching a men's soccer team at that level, I would probably cry. Like that would be so cool. Yeah, I don't think we've seen that before. No, I don't think so either. We know weak men. We're trying. We're trying to get her as our coach, but I don't think it will happen. But yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing her as the best coach. She's like keep yawning. I think that would be really cool though if she was, um, or if she just got five million as the women's coach. That would also be cool. <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. Speaking I would of coaches, a woman. Speaking of coaches, who do you think is going to be the new uh, U.S. women's national team coach? Who do I want, or who do I think is going to be? Well, it's not going to be Vladko. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Wait. Okay. I just found, because I was wondering, like, what Vladko got paid. Vladko Yandadoski makes 27% of U.S. men's coaches. I could cry. That actually is so bad. Wait, repeat that. Vladko Yandadoski makes 27% of U.S. MNT coaches' salary. Are you serious? United States women's national team coach Vladko Andonovsky makes 73% less than men's coach Greg Berhalter in 2021 to 2022. Andonovsky earned $446,495 in salary during the fiscal year ending March 31st, 2022. That included $50,000 in bonuses for the bronze medal finish. Berhalter earned $1.6 million in that same time frame including $300,000 in bonuses, maintaining his status as U.S. soccer's highest-paid employee. 
the 49-year-old coach of the U.S. men in 2021 CONCACAF Gold Cup title into the round of 16 of the 2022 Men's World Cup. Oh, well, I wonder if he got paid more for the World Cup. Like, I wonder what Vladko was getting paid this year. Yeah, I feel like we'd have to wait for that. Yeah, okay. But I'm still mad. Because he should be getting paid more, the U.S. Women's National Team coach, considering we have a way better track record. Not lately. (laughs) Well, even... We won't talk about this one. That's okay. Olympics, I'm really excited for. There's a rumor, going back to the coach question, there's a rumor that Jill Ellis might... My dad said this, that they might bring back Jill Ellis for the Olympics just because she's never won an Olympics when she coached. I really hope so. She's my favorite. If I had to pick anyone to coach the US Women's National Team at the Olympics, it would be her. Uh, I don't think we need her right now, though. It's a totally different team. And I heard that she was, like, I'll be honest, I wasn't, like, super involved with the national team back when she was a coach. I heard she's, like, really intense, especially compared to Vladko. And maybe that's what we need, but we have a lot of different players. I personally want them to bring in someone new, and I want it to be the coach of L- O.L. Reign in, up in Seattle. I don't, or I shouldn't say, like, that's not my number one choice, but I will be very happy with her, and I see that it could happen, personally. Yeah, no, that's fair. I think I think intensity is going to be really helpful for our team, though, because, like, we have such a young team, and I think being able to, like, shape and mold these players early on is going to reap really good benefits so being able to establish that intensity and discipline i think is actually something that we could really benefit from i don't think we got that so much from uh the current coach well recently quote-unquote retired yeah um i think the assistant to uh um jill ellis too is up they might Iron them as the full time to I think there's a lot of different avenues that they could go down. So it'll be interesting. Okay, last thing I will say, key takeaway. I'll share mine and then if you want to think of one, a key takeaway for you for the World Cup, um, is that the world has caught up a little bit more than I even anticipated. And also my biggest thing for the US women's national team is we need more players playing in Europe. As we see their clubs get really competitive and and quite um excelling compared to the nwsl even i think it's going to be more imperative for u.s women's national team players to be playing overseas so we see that with lindsey haran katarina macario was missing um this world cup due to an injury so that will help she she plays for chelsea but we need more players over there to understand the tactics and the way of football and um i, I don't know to compete at a higher level sure i would say my takeaway is this World Cup really proves just how fast women's soccer is growing. Uh, I saw a statistic that this World Cup had the highest in-person attendance out of any World Cup in the past and by a pretty fat margin. And I think that's really impressive for a few reasons. The first is that it's held in Australia, which is really far away from most parts of the world. And it is at such a different time zone than every other place during the world. So I'm really curious to see how this growth sustains between now and the next world cup and what those viewerships look like then i think you know given all the headwinds that this world cup had with you know logistics and stuff it was ultimately really really successful we saw how much money the australian women's soccer program is going to receive after this so i think i think it did a good job of proving that women's soccer is growing fast and that it's worth investing in 
and that it is just as awesome as men's soccer. And I'm really excited to see what the next four years look like between now and the next World Cup. Yeah, time will tell. And the, I'm really excited for the Olympics too next summer because know, we have something the Olympics now. coming. Yeah, we really do. We gotta we gotta fight our our top position back. Yeah, we need um, Mal Swanson to be back, I think, and hopefully Sam Mewis will be back. Right. I don't know. Katarina Macario too. We need Katarina Macario, and we need someone to replace Alex Morgan. Hot take. <laughs> maybe next. Maybe next oh. episode will be hot takes about the U.S. Women's National Team. Ooh, I like that idea. Let's do it. Okay, goodbye, World Cup. We will miss you. And thank you for listening. We'll see you again 2027 World Cup. We'll see our listeners next week. Stay tuned. Bye. See ya. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to rate us and leave us a review. Your feedback helps us improve and reach more listeners like you. Also, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Breakaway Podcast for updates on our latest episodes and behind the scenes content. We appreciate your support and hope you'll join us for our next episode.